Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a weekly show discussing all of the changes happening in Google Workspace. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. Official announcement, drum roll please, we have officially passed 10,000 downloads this year since the start of the podcast in January. And from what I understand in podcast terms, that is freaking insanely phenomenal. So thank you to all of our loyal listeners who have tuned in every week or whenever it is that you listen to this show. According to to the year uh, recap or year in review, whatever it was that uh, Spotify did. We had 33 of you uh, listen to us more than any other podcast and uh, five of you listen to us on your what? birthdays. So um, happy birthday and thank you for tuning in to us even on your special day. <laughs> and uh, That's so, interesting. Some interesting wow. statistics there, yeah. Um, I didn't know that gave us that. That's really it cool. Did. It did. That dropped earlier this week, yeah. And, and we're in like, I think we're listening to in 17 countries around the world and like it's so we had wait we had 33 people that listen to this podcast the most out of all podcasts out of any of their other podcasts yeah uh, right pretty crazy wow. pretty that's impressive freaking awesome not bad for a podcast that we started yeah. in january with you know no build up no nothing just hey let's do this <laughs> let's go <laughs> it was my second podcast ever the first one being a guest on yours well, the first one was me so. giving you a, a, a tryout <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was I was the guest. Yeah, I was the guest speaker in that. Yep, yep. And um, that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, it's 17, 17 countries, saving, I think. saving some interesting bits of inf information there for me that was not in the show notes here. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. I had forgotten about those until I was uh, <laughs> saying this here. I was like, oh, that's right. Other interesting yeah. statistic, I just pulled this up again. We released 2,169 minutes of content across 45 episodes. Now is up to 50 episodes as of this show. So keep yeah, on counting. This is the 50th. This is the 50th, the big 5-0. Um, pretty exciting there. So that... Uh, yeah. Uh, is is pretty huge for us. Um, you know, it's something that we started just as a hey, let's let's give back and let's help people out and see what happens. And it's it really has exploded. So uh, we thank everybody and hope you'll continue listening to us into the new year. And uh, if you're interested in watching the videos of this, putting some finishing details on my studio here. So I've got some noise treatment or sound treatment going on here. You can't see this in the video yet because we're not going to share this video with you. Because Steve still hasn't gotten to his stylist, <laughs> but I've got some sound tiles up now. I'm working on got it. A bookcase behind me with uh, sound tiles inside of it, and we'll do some cool LED lighting in there. And I got to do ceiling treatment and make sure that all of my because I have a window right in front of me, so the rest of the room has to be really, really covered well. But I was not going without that window. That window is the best lighting ever. So, <laughs> I mean, yes. on top of my keynote lighting setup but that's yeah, i've seen you during the day and that lighting is really good it's, it's great. great it's effortless perfect. lighting it's perfect diffusion i don't know what it is just yeah. you know awesome so um and my but even now gone like the lighting too, is really so. good well now um i'm cheating because i have one of my um loom cube broadcasting lighting kits set up and blasting 6500 kelvin um light in my oh, direction really? so i'm a little shiny okay. uh because uh, i only have it on one side I, I it's a little shadowy on the other side here um but i figured i would test it out but yeah even without that i've got just the overhead lights it's a, a white room so thankfully um the garage the new studio is uh very well lit um i would like it to be brighter but also in a studio you want to be able to control the lighting more so i'm actually going to be uh, blocking some of the natural light in the garage out in order to be able to do some cool background effects with leds and and uh, floor mm -hmm. stage lighting and stuff like that. I've become somewhat of a lighting nerd, so I might go a little overboard on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably jump into this episode because it has been a busy week for Google. Well, Google has uh, just they, caught up for the last three weeks. Well, that's true. That's true. It is mostly all the updates the that we two. should have been hearing. <laughs> yes. And that's what I'm also thinking that we're not going to hear too much uh, these next two weeks because last year, looking back, uh, things kind of shut down that last week, actually two weeks, I think leading up to the new year. So kind of anticipating that we did see one, um, you know, did one was, didn't, did come out today, um, the, the Monday here, the 13th. So this will have something, uh, for next week and, uh, looking at the, we have 13 updates happening on the blog post. So quite a few there. And then we also had, uh, another drive for desktop uh, announcement out. 
pushing out version 4054 now uh, for Windows and Mac OS. So some enhancements and bug fixes, those kind of things. So we'll get into that. So yeah, looking at those 13 updates, uh, they're actually pretty good too. They're pretty solid updates. These are not, uh, for the most part, updates that were um, you know previously announced or um, kind of like small little versions of like coming out to the iOS for when it came out to web before. So <laughs> here they are from top to bottom. We have the ability to start and join meetings and audio calls from one-to-one chats using Google Chat in Gmail on mobile. So we kind of hinted at that the other week when I saw that pop up in my personal Gmail account, but lo and behold, it's been removed. I don't see it yet after the announcement. I saw it before the announcement, but I don't see it now. Um, we have the ability to lock audio and video during a Google Meet meeting from iOS devices. And we now have the ability to set tasks to repeat in Google Calendar. A little bit too late, though, for Jesse and his needs on tasks, though. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there's some new built-in interoperability between Google Meet and Cisco WebEx, which is really cool. Like this is what we've been waiting for for so long. That was, you know, only part, only available through something like a Paxip, but now it's directly integrated. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. There are some new ways to customize your tables in Google Docs. And Jesse, you were, you were enjoying some of those new features and design capabilities there. And the, the much long awaited, especially from Brian over there in Canada, he's been waiting for this GA announcement for quite some time because it's been on the visible changes doc for a while now. And we've just been like, come on, Google, announce it, release it. Uh, this is enhanced content classification, governance, and DLP with Google Drive labels. So really cool functionality there. Uh, I've been using it for, it seems like almost a year now. Uh, it's amazing stuff. I love it. Uh, I've, I've heard some feedback from some customers that are just like, well, hey, we don't have to go and do this and that now. So this is a really cool feature. So that is uh, a very welcome announcement on that one. Google Forms API is now available in an open beta. That is something that uh, I'm in, you know, very intrigued to see because that was one of the main talking points that I had with Charles when I met him first in Chicago. Um, when I first met him in Chicago a couple of years back was how he was using Sheets and the APIs there in offline mode to then create a form once he got back connected. But now you can do it directly through Forms APIs and do some cool things there. And um, we now have some more, more details on migration of existing multiple location drive files and shortcuts and other improvements for shortcuts. Here's an improvement for shortcuts. Get rid of them or let me use multi- <laughs> parent files again because I don't like shortcuts. I don't prefer shortcuts over multiple locations. Um, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that, why I don't like them, but uh, some some situations that can be useful. And from a migration perspective, when you're migrating files across domains, okay, then shortcuts can be a little bit more useful, but I don't like them in general. Uh, we have an updated user interface for the app access control panel in the admin console. You have admins now have the ability to install Google Workspace Marketplace applications for specific groups, not just OUs. You can now set user languages programmatically with a directory API, and it's no longer one for everyone in the company. Also, you'll be able to manage Gmail IMAP controls by group in the admin console. And then finally rounding out the published releases for the week is that you can have quicker access to more Google Workspace integrations in Google Chat. And that was actually the one update I forgot to take a quick look at. So, <laughs> uh, oh wait, no, that was that was the one. Oh yes, for some reason I was thinking of something else. Um, I was thinking of Workspace integrations, like third-party integrations, but this is more of Drive files, calendar invites, docs, sheet sheet slides. We'll talk a little bit about that. This is another one that I saw. This was announced Friday the 10th. I was definitely seeing these changes already in my Android app on the 7th. So a couple of days before this got announced. And um, and then finally wrapping out all of our 
updates and releases for the week is that drive for desktop coming out with version 54 and some bug fixes uh, for the application. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a little bit of a detail, but it does uh, reiterate the fact that you do have to have a specific Windows security update uh, to <laughs> make sure that uh, that kind of remains supported for those Windows 7 users and continue to receiving updates. So make sure you keep an eye on that and get your Windows machines updated with that security update. And Jesse, I think you did manage to dig out one additional topic for the week. Well, it was uh, just despite, a follow-up, actually. You know. It was okay. a follow-up of our question last week. All right, what was, it, what was the question last week? Last week they were asking about moving drive files across domains, referencing my TabGeeks mm-hmm. article uh, about utilizing shared drives to be able to move files from one domain to another. And the advice that we gave actually didn't work. Um, but after thinking about it for a second, I realized that they were missing a setting in the admin panel that would allow them to actually um, move those files. So, Oh, interesting. Okay, so... And that was because you said drives was not enabled? Uh, the migration settings option in user options in Drive and Docs in the admin panel. The uh, option to allow users yeah. to migrate files to share drives right. was not ticked. Yeah, so. I have a whole document that explains the settings you have to enable to let this make this work. Probably should have linked to that document that knows <laughs> from the field document because it does explain those little caveats in there. I know yep. I don't think we, we link to that. I should uh, review that and add the notes there to my blog post as well. Yes. It's a good point. All right. That was yeah, a lot of change of gears. I think, I, yeah. think th- I think those are some additional controls. Uh, I was actually talking about it tonight with someone. Yeah. Cause they were asking, Hey, I've got all my files in Google drive and a shared drive for my company. <laughs> But he's like a contractor, but you know, he's, he's kind of like his videos, his content is he's created the videos, right? but he's storing it, you know, in his companies, he's a, you know, a real estate agent. So, um, kind of like the situation like that, you know, the creator of the content is actually the owner. Cause I don't think he's released it, but he wants to like figure out how do I move it away if I need to use it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, like you can generally copy that across. Like there's a setting to make it harder if you, um, if they want, if they want to make it harder, but. I think that's the setting that uh, they kind of might have come across there. So, all right, uh, diving into those updates. The first one that we have here, starting and joining meetings and audio calls from one-to-one chats using Google Chat in Gmail on mobile. So uh, this is going to be uh, the icon on the top right of your chat uh, dialogue box with an individual user. It's going to have the can uh, the phone icon as well as the kind of camera icon in the top right this is what i was seeing with jesse let the couple weeks ago in my consumer account it was there and i could click on it and it looked like it was calling jesse it was trying to do it just wasn't working well i got a call this week i thought someone was calling me on duo and nope lo and behold it was not a duo caller it was a call ringing just like it would a normal phone call but turns out I was, uh, you know, using the chat Gmail app to answer that call. So that was pretty cool. It worked just like a phone call. So Very really nice. excited to see this. Yeah, this is, this is an awesome feature. Like this is finally what we've been waiting for in chat. And I think, um, having this capability along with actually a few other things right here, timing couldn't be better. There's some people that I've been speaking to that are, you know, considering moving over to Google and, you know, some of the inter- the collaboration features that they're used to and other tools, uh, these are ticking the boxes to, um, you know, say, hey, look, it's here, it's available now. Uh, it's a lot easier to do these things. And of course, you know, those of us that were on Hangouts before and were able to call and ring someone through Hangouts, uh, those users will definitely appreciate this feature coming back into chat because uh, that, you know, that was a, that was a good feature. Uh, you know, when you need to ring someone right away and get a hold of them and not just, you know, say, Hey, join this meet when you're available. No, I need to like try to get a hold of you now because there's something urgent or like, I really need to get a hold of you. Right. Uh, that is just now possible uh, through this new feature. So very cool to see that. And I wonder if this is going to take away some of the reliance that 
uh, companies have on direct inter office calling, right? Phone systems have been right. for a while, yeah. at least in more modern companies, heading in the direction of okay, the only thing that you need to use, like a Ring Central, for example, or even a Google Voice for, is your external calls. Anything internal should be going through, you know, chat where you say, "Hey, are you available?" and then you jump on a meet because you want people to have that that direct video relationship, especially when people are working uh, remotely. And so, you know, we've been basically begging Google for a long time for this feature. And now that we knew it was coming, we've been begging them to actually give it to us. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that it is rolling out now and that you've had a good experience mm -hmm. with it. I actually don't have it yet. Um, like you said earlier, right. you tried to call right. me and yeah. it, it just showed up as well, missed call. I was like, well, okay, but it, it never even lit up, never even showed up. Yeah. Even when I had the app, the app open, nothing, not on desktop or on, uh, on the phone. So hopefully that'll roll out to me soon. Um, but right. yeah, well, we were, it looks pretty cool. We were trying it well before the announcement oh, came. Oh, for sure. So <laughs> it was when we knew the announcement was supposed to be made, but it didn't happen, but I was seeing it anyways. Yeah, and I have to say, so, I in the last week and a half or so, have been actually trying out just using gmail for chat and rooms and meet and mm -hmm. gmail and that's a departure from what i had been doing prior because right. i really really did not like the execution in the beginning and uh they've tweaked it quite a bit actually it's come quite a long way and it's actually usable now you know it still uh bugs me but this is not exclusive to the gmail app it's also in the chat app that you have to click an x in order to exit a um workspace chat instead of just allowing me to swipe back like I do with the regular rest of iOS, um, uh, you know, navigation, but perhaps that's part of the redesign that they're talking about when they start switching over to the iOS apps. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that in the updated Gmail app, it is much more uh, easy to use and much more pleasure to use to be able to jump in between chat and rooms and mail and those tabs and have it actually maintain where I was at the time. That was my biggest pain point. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I did, I did transfer over most of my accounts to try to see which accounts have this enabled. And yeah, I haven't noticed, I haven't, I also, I do also have chat installed and working. So I haven't well, noticed I, too much. I have them both so installed, but I only allow the account to be in one of them at a time because I get enough notifications as it is. I don't need double notifications from an app or two yeah. apps. <laughs> I think there. I think there are some of my accounts are getting double notifications. I have to check the settings on those to disable it. But all right. Well, looking at when this is coming out and what kind of admin controls are available for this. So this is going to be available if you have Google Chat for Gmail enabled. So as an admin, make sure that you have this turned on in your admin console and force the new Google Chat. I've seen some organizations still using the classic Hangouts. So. Uh, make sure that you're looking at chat uh, in that admin console setting to make it uh, to turn that on, and then the end users will kind of start to see that available soon as it rolls out. Uh, started uh, December sixth on an extended rollout, potentially longer than 15 days for both rapid release and scheduled release domains. And like I said, I was seeing that uh, the other week on my account, but now it's gone. So. Hopefully it comes back sooner than later. <laughs> Love to try this out. It's going to be available to all workspace customers as well as the G Suite Basic and business ones, as well as those available with personal Google accounts. Oh, speaking of personal Google accounts. All right. So little, little, you know, why not? Let's add in another little feature here, a little update. Mm -hmm. of, uh, we don't have enough right this week. So found out that not only are there consumer accounts that you can sign up for that don't have a Gmail account that have, let's say your work email that, uh, your organization does not manage, you know, so you went to Google, sign up with G with Google without a Gmail address and you start creating some documents and some exchanging some files, you know, back and forth collaborating. Well, those are now your company wants to, you know, move to Google or manage your Google identities. So they, go and create a workspace account, they verify the domain, and uh, they look at this thing called the unmanaged uh, you know, users and the transfer tool for unmanaged users. And typically you would start to see a list of everyone that had created a Google account and that you can now send them an invitation so you can manage their account and of course manage their data, anything else in there kind of just 
moves across. So it's it's exactly kind of how I would love a like a G Suite. Well, no, so not G Suite. I'm thinking G Suite back in the day. <laughs> a Google Workspace migration tool for, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think one of my devices recognized me. Yeah. Uh, a Google Workspace migration tool to say, oh, these users are in this workspace tenant. I want to move them to this workspace tenant. Well, if you can do it with a consumer account and move it into a workspace account, why can't you do that from a workspace account to a workspace account, right? Like, why can't you say, hey, here's this invitation to join this new workspace domain with your current workspace domain account. That would be nice. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Fantastic. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see, right, Google? <laughs> hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. So in addition to these unmanaged users, which you do get a list of, you do know who that is. Well, when Google announced the visitor sharing and pin code sharing, there's this new type of Google account that you can create. That isn't a full consumer account unmanaged. It is a Google visitor account. So lo and behold, found out 35 people had, when I went to go create them in the workspace environment, I was a little surprised because I saw this user was created back in March of 2021. But here's an admin audit log that's showing I just created them today. So, and they didn't show up in the unmanaged user uh, migration tool. So I said, Google, like, what's going on? I've got 34 accounts here. None of them were in my migration tool. Um, you know, what's the deal? They're like, oh, these are these were uh, Google guest visitor accounts. Uh, that's why you see the creation date being months ago and you see login activity the other week because they were using these accounts. And they're in this, like, yeah, it's less than a full consumer account. Uh, that you would have it's it's one that you would have created maybe just for pin code sharing for example wacky i don't know i don't know exactly how they used and created these these accounts these users but that's what google said you know it's kind of expected behavior and these are google visitor accounts so yeah you've got that to deal with now you know creation dates of today versus Creation dates of six months ago showing in other places. Interesting. I want to uh, jump back to my point about the difference between the apps was one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, It says in the bottom of this update here that it is only going to be happening and this we're still where I'm again talking about the calling in the Gmail app. It is only in the Gmail app. Uh, for now, it is not going to roll out right. to the chat app for the foreseeable future. And they said that they will provide an update on the Google Workspace Updates blog when that feature becomes available for the Google Chat mobile app. So it would look like we are beginning to see a bit of a diversion in features where Gmail's getting it first. Is this a trend or is this just because this feature is tied to something else, perhaps? I don't know. Maybe they're starting to drive people towards having, know you know, getting rid of the Google Chat app, which as a previous diehard user of it, I would hate to see. But, you know, they have come a long way in the other one uh, in the Gmail app. So it's possible that they feel uh, that they have done enough to satisfy people and they'll start planning to get rid of it, to get rid of the Gmail, sorry, to get rid of the Google Chat app. That being said, Google's... Uh, um, Sunset schedules are ridiculously long, so I think you can rest easy on that one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end support for this uh, in twenty twenty. Oh, now twenty twenty three. Oh wait, wait. Now it's gonna be twenty twenty two. Oh wait, now it's twenty twenty three. Maybe three extra years. Yeah. Find that. Oh, and if you still haven't done it in twenty twenty three, here's a tool that you can still access for another three years to be able right. to get your data off it. Thank you, Google. Right. We appreciate yeah. your thoroughness. Yes. Oh man, that's a lot to get through there. That was a big on one. Just one episode. And one so, oh, first update. <laughs> first update. Yeah. Or yeah, first update. I said episode, didn't I? Uh, the first update. Yes, of the week. And it wasn't even the uh, dense drive at, update one. Oh, <laughs> I know. Looking at the next update, we have the ability to lock audio and video during a Google Meet from iOS devices. So this is something that was available, you know, on the web, but now available on iOS. And I, I didn't really actually know that this was available. I don't really look too much at host controls too often because 
typically in a meeting with adults and everyone just kind of knows how to use it and they don't, we don't need to mute someone or have someone always muted. But uh, this is something that can help with those uh, larger meetings, for example, or for with students, things like that. Um, previously, it was only possible to use these locks when you're using Google Meet on a computer, but now you can also use it from an iOS device. And uh, the, the kind of the way the audio lock and video lock settings are applied um, will kind of happen. Uh, kind of, it's applied to all devices, regardless of whether it's set on a computer or an iOS device. So it's a few little caveats here to look through around the additional details. It's also talking about like when audio lock and video lock is enabled, that mobile participants may be removed from a meeting if their device doesn't have the most up-to-date version of Meet or Gmail app, uh, Android OS version M or newer, or iOS version 12 or newer. So uh, if you do start to enable this and notice some users being removed, perhaps you need to evaluate uh, what devices those users are connecting into the meeting. So be basically be careful with this one. Uh, it could have kind of undesired consequences based on those kind of caveats there of, of Android OS versions and iOS versions. But for those of you that want to use it, uh, it is you know disabled by default, so you have to kind of go in and uh, enable it. So... Um, that is something just to keep in mind. So those customers on rapid release and scheduled release domains will be seeing this on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility starting on December 6th. And this one is available to all workspace customers as well as the basic and business ones. All right, moving on to the next one here, Jesse. So this is where you might be really interested to see this because uh, this is something that you're trying to use more from like a new Google tool perspective, uh, trying to figure out how to use tasks, right? Yep. So tasks you can now set to repeat in Google Calendar. So that's a great new little feature. But I think overall you're saying task is still severely lacking. And it's not even like, it's just lacking so much that you really can't use it for collaboration, right? And I think that was the key piece is Tasks are great as an individual, or like it can it can you know meet the minimum basic requirements for an individual. But once you start wanting to share it with anyone, it kind of falls apart, right? Yep, working with a team makes it rather difficult. When I was just you know, hey, I need to do X, Y, and Z and record all of these different things uh, as an individual. Uh, absolutely, it was totally awesome. But I have to say that uh, we've gone back to using Asana to be able to track a lot of these updates and that uh, for Tab Geek stuff, I'm using Notion. So um, did need a little bit more power there than what Google is doing. And it's a shame because I really, I really wanted to love Google Tasks and the deep level integration in that environment. And unfortunately, people just don't keep to the ways that I had set it up. The I don't know if you could call them hacks, but the workarounds of making sure that all the tasks from any meeting are immediately put into a Google workspace. You know, it's it's much more difficult uh, to get everybody using that whole setup and keeping to it and uh, assigning tasks across teams and things like that if they're not in the workspace, etc., um, can be a little tedious and annoying. So people end up not using it as much. Um, that being said, we do have a nice little update here as they continue moving forward on rolling out updates where it kind of, uh, and this is, is specifically to tasks when they're in Google Calendar, uh, you're able to set tasks to repeat and you're able to customize the uh, schedules and uh, a couple of different options here. Basically, they're making it more like a regular event. What you would normally see on the event card when you have it open for editing, uh, you're going to have most of the same stuff, uh, if not all of it for a task. So you can edit the recurrence rule, you can set an end condition for the recurrence, etc. Um, so, you know, it's, it's giving a little bit more power, but also you could already recur tasks tasks in the tasks uh, interface in uh, Gmail. So, you know, not something totally brand new, but uh, uh, still welcome nonetheless, especially for people who like to manage and see all of their tasks that are due that day in calendar and reassign them or move them around, things like that. So, um, those are going to be on uh, gradual rollout up to 15 days starting December 7th on rapid release. Yes, I'm taking this away from you, Steve. Um, I was gonna say, unless this, you this want to jump in here. This. No, no, uh, no. I'm just, just like, I think this here. might be the first. No, it's This might not. be the first update no, you've it's done. Not. It might be. 
Like the full from front from beginning to end. Top it might to be. Bottom. All right. He's giving right. you a breather. Go, There's go, go. 13 updates here. Good. I know. I right, go. Go. <laughs> and uh, um, um, uh, shut up, Steve. <laughs> and uh, scheduled release domains are uh, gradual rollout uh, starting on January 3rd of 2022. So into the next year on that one and will be available for all Google Workspace customers as well as G Suite Basic and business customers. How'd I do, Steve? Awesome. All right. <laughs> uh, next, we have some new built in interoperability between Google Meet and Cisco WebEx. And there's been, a, you know, there's been a lot of talk about interoperability with Google Meet and other platforms uh, for many, many years. And it's really all been through PECSIP or it's just been just, you know, whatever the solution was, it was just never seamless. It wasn't just built in. This is really, truly the first, you know, Google meet interoperability functionality that we're seeing directly in, uh, directly in meet natively, essentially, you know, a native integration, uh, interoperability. And of course there's going to be some things, you know, that's, you know, not supported, like some advanced features, things like that polls and breakout rooms, but that's really not what you're trying to achieve here. You're really trying to figure out, you know, how do you get a new meeting room? That is typically, you know, Google Meets, and you're having to connect into an external third-party event, and they're running WebEx. How do you get those two pieces of hardware to connect really easily without having to have a user, you know, plug in their device, do a screen share, overtake the HDMI signal, um, you know, try to get that to connect the audio and the mics to the HDMI signal. Yeah, you know, it's a pain. It's a pain. And I'm seeing it, you know, where I'm at right now in the meeting rooms and how we have configured and the current situation we're in. And this is going to be a very welcome uh, enhancement to trying to, you know, get some meat hardware in rooms and say, well, look, you can also join a WebEx meeting room or a WebEx meeting from this hardware very easily. And it is uh, kind of directly integrated. You type in your, you know, WebEx uh, number and kind of get connected. So there are some details on how to get this enabled. It really is, it's kind of enabled by default. And uh, when this is on, the end users will be able to join an ad hoc call by tapping the join or start meeting on the touch controller or by selecting WebEx from the drop-down options. So, you know, it should be pretty straightforward. So hopefully this makes things a little bit easier for those customers connecting into those WebEx calls. Uh, of course, if you do need you know, more interoperability support, more functionality, those kind of things with um, outside of Cisco WebEx, then of course, Pexip is still there as an option. And that uh, can give you some you know, additional support into other systems. Now, I would love to see, like I know it's just come out for WebEx, but wouldn't it be great to connect into that other major video conferencing tool that everyone seems to use these days, Zoom? You know, <laughs> wouldn't it be great just like to type in a Zoom meeting ID? I mean, that would be, that'd be great. I don't, I don't, the last time I connected to a WebEx call, I, I can't remember. It must, it, it's at least five or six years that I've been on a WebEx call. So it's been sooner for me, but it it wasn't pretty. Yeah. There may have been yeah, tears. Like Zoom, <laughs> I can see. Like I'm on that pretty regularly. I think I think this has been a very long interoperability project with Google because at one point WebEx was, you know, King. That was the tool everyone used. It was King. Yeah. That was WebEx. It was Cisco I, WebEx. I believe that's still the case in the much, much, much larger organizations. Maybe, I guess, yeah. Maybe less so thanks to COVID, but Xerox, for example, yeah. still uses I, it. I, you know, <laughs> I, I did hear a story the other day. It was, uh, I think it was either Chase or Bank of America employee. And they were, uh, they were there at the kind of the start of COVID and the, the company had a, three to four year migration plan of how to get to zoom, you know, from the current system they had. And, and they were like, uh, and then, and then COVID happened. And then all of a sudden a week later we were all on zoom, you know, it was like all of a sudden this migration plan that, you know, was going to take years happened in a week and it can be done. Folks. Zoom like, it, 
it's possible. Yes. If you, if you really have to, <laughs> it is possible. So whatever you think that timeline could be, just be like, oh yeah, it's uh yeah. COVID pandemic. We have to do it in a week. <laughs> and then it'll get done faster. There you go. Come up with a new emergency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for this one here, WebEx interop on meat hardware, you will be seeing that on a gradual rollout uh, beginning on the 7th of December and I gradual gradual uh, rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. I couldn't say gradual there. Uh, that's for both the wrapped release and scheduled release domains. And then for meet interop on Cisco devices, that will be similarly rolling out on the 7th of December, gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility there for both those wrapped release and scheduled release domains. So have a look over on the Cisco announcements for more specific details on the timing and for availability for meet interop on Cisco devices, because uh, that is also a thing as well for those of you uh, on the Cisco side. And it's going to be available to all customers as well as the basic business and Google Meet hardware devices. So, whew, not even like halfway done. This we're half an hour in and we're not even, we're like two thirds, not, not even a third of the way all in. Right. Rock and roll. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're getting close. We're getting closer. <laughs> closer. Uh, we've got some new ways to customize tables in Google Docs. I think you were diving into the details of this one a little bit more, Jesse. I, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, tables and Docs. I mean, great. Nice. <laughs> Things look more pretty, but uh, you seem to be pretty interested in this. There was some functionality that... Uh, maybe something that you've had your, some of your end users come to you about with with things? What, yeah. What looks so cool in this? Well, I started by remarking that it seems like it's another step forward in their very slow incremental crawl towards um, a smart canvas. Uh, but I wish they would just roll out the whole thing instead of giving us little pieces here and there. Uh, but this gives you the ability to um, better configure, manipulate, and play with the data that is in tables in Google Docs. The interesting thing is in this uh, update, the screenshots that they're using all say DocX on them, even though it says Google Docs in the file. So I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe they're trying to show how well it can take a DocX and uh, grab the tables and still be able to play around with them. I'm not certain. Uh, the specific features that they're that is, updating here. That's interesting. I, I just yeah. noticed that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> The, the features that they're updating specifically here are the ability to pin a table header row to repeat on each page. That's cool. Designate that a row should not be split across pages. Quickly add and arrange columns and rows, which has frustrated my me personally in the past more than once. You're now able to sort tables to better organize your data, and you can use a new table sidebar to manage table properties. So... Uh, one of the things that really drove me crazy is the inability to just rearrange and uh, easily resize cells and um, rows and move them around in the table. And now it looks like that that is super easy. So I'm very happy to see that. Yeah. All right. There's something going on here because. All right. You getting into <laughs> it. Oh yeah. This is this is interesting because I'm I'm really intrigued by this because when you mentioned that when you said this is oh a docx file. And here's the new table functionality, right? And I was thinking, I'm like, I was, and I, I looked a little bit deeper on that image. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's file, edit, view, insert, format, tools, add-ons, add-ons, help accessibility. Add-ons don't exist for docx files. You can't have add-ons on docx. And and I was like, I, so I found a docx file. And I opened it up, and you can't actually, and you don't have accessibility either. So in a docx file, you have file, edit, view, insert, format, tools, and help. Huh. So something's awry here with that screenshot and those images because, or something's happening. Someone's got some special features there on a docx file then because you can't have those menu items on a docx file. That so, is very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Something is something is up with that. Someone, I don't know. Someone didn't realize that. I think. <laughs> Whoops. That's interesting. Yep, yep. 
So we, I don't know, Google, Let's what are you guys doing with those one. DocX? Yeah, there might be a lot more functionality coming here to our, our files and formats in the future. Or, you know, it could just be a Google internal thing. Because it looks like it was ever in the top right of that image. It's got some special access and functionality. Interesting. I'm not even seeing the drop down that you were seeing right now. That's pretty cool. The drop down? Yeah, which uh I'll just dig more into this later on, see if we can find out some more info. The drop down yeah. file menu on the image, you'll show me which one you're on. If this were a video show, you could just share your screen. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. But then what would our podcast listeners do? They'd have yeah. to watch the video show to see what we were talking about. They would. <laughs> All right, so that update, we, we, we didn't get into the timing of that we and availability not. of that. So, right, so let's jump into that. So this is on a bit of a split rollout pace and those rapid release domains are going to, of course, get it first. We're going to see that starting uh, on the 7th of December on in an extended rollout, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility there. Uh, scheduled release domains, are going to see that starting on the 22nd of December, also on an extended rollout uh, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility. And this is going to be available to all workspace customers as well as basic and business and also available to users with personal Google accounts, but not guest Google guest <laughs> visitor accounts. probably <laughs> Right. Now we got to caveat that like where do the, the, the Google visitor accounts fit in here? Like what functionality do they get? Redheaded stepchildren, know. they get nothing. Oh man, yeah, it's that's what they sound like to me. All right, next one is a big one. So this is pretty big. This is the announcement we've all been waiting for, or at least many of us have been waiting for. I know Brian up in Canada has been waiting a long time for this one. This is the enhanced classification uh, for or enhanced content classification governance with NDLP with Google Drive labels. So really cool feature the ability to start to of course classify your uh your drive files with some labels here and then also trigger dlp rules and kind of integrate with that and do some sharing restrictions and automate classifications also with those dlp rules so this is just an amazing tool this is like amazing functionality within the google drive uh doc uh, and documents and all that stuff uh so if you are lucky enough to have access to this, uh, then definitely recommend trying it out because it is only available to those enterprise standard enterprise plus customers and education plus customers. So if you don't have those higher SKUs, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of this. But for, for those enterprise customers, like this is, this is really amazing. Um, it's used on, you know, you can use it on pretty much all your documents. You can set those kind of data classification levels. You can you can alert users to say, "Hey, this file is missing some labels that are required by your organization. Like, why haven't you put them on there yet? Make sure you put them on." So, yeah, just really cool. I, I've I've really been enjoying using this uh, over the last year. There was uh, there was you know some announcement back at Next, uh, kind of end of the year in October. Uh, about this, but I've been using it uh, even I think before the beta, which was back in June of 2021. It was like in the in the alpha stage, something like that. I, I mean, I think I've been using it for a year. It seems that long, uh, anyways. And I love it. I mean, this is this is one of the reasons why to, why you should have enterprise if you don't have it already. Uh, right here, this is this is really good. Jesse, I don't know. Have you seen it yet? Has it? hit your domain yet you're on enterprise aren't you uh Perhaps only some only some of my users. users yeah the exec team etc are on enterprise but i haven't noticed it yet mm-hmm. okay have to uh i'll have to walk you through that because it's pretty cool it's uh it's nice it's a good one the uh the way this is one is rolling out though admins will need to enable this because there's some you know kind of setup customization uh, creation of these different uh, categories that needs to be done. You can't just turn on and expect it to work. Get this some stuff can pre-configured in the admin side of things. But uh, for those of you looking to start working with this, we have 
uh, some dates and times here and unavailability. So for for the drive labels part, uh, that is on an extended rollout starting on the 7th of December and uh, going out to both wrap release and schedule release domains uh, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility there. For and That's just for drive labels. For the automated classification and labels-based sharing restrictions with DLP integration, yes, try to say that 10 times uh, fast, <laughs> uh, that is launching in the next few weeks. So check back on the blog for, for updates on that. So that is the automated classification right with labels so and then going into some availability uh like i said the availability for for drive labels uh well actually sorry uh, drive labels that is actually available on some more SKUs that i had previously mentioned which was the automated classification and labels based sharing restrictions with dlp integration so that's the only one available for enterprise standard plus and education plus but drive labels in general that is going to be available to more of you. So Google Workspace Essentials, Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Essentials, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Standard, Education Plus, and nonprofit customers. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. Yeah, it's a long list there. Uh, not going to be available to Workspace Business Starter, Education Fundamentals, and Frontline, as well as the basic and business customers on G Suite there. So. Not, you know, not too complex, not too complicated. I mean, uh, available the most for drive labels, available to the sum with the classification, automatic automation kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of sums up that update there. Now, next one, pretty cool. Uh, you know, from an API perspective, and be able to do things more programmatically. The Google Forms API is now available in an open beta. So at next uh, 2021, they announced that uh, Forms Beta was going to be available. And now you can kind of um, more formally uh, sign up to it. Click that link. We will share it in the show notes so you can join the um, developers that can join the early adopter program, begin developing using the Google Forms API by filling out that form. So we'll let you know where to find it. You can start testing that out. And... For this one, sorry, I'm kind of catching my breath here. <laughs> I might have to quickly grab a little drink of water at some point. Uh, that you have kind of no end user impact developers. You're going to want to use a form to request access to the forms API in early in the early adopter program. And there's of course some documentation around that. And then admins can use the admin console to manage which integrations are authorized to access the Google Workspace data. And that is kind of in relation to third party access and internal apps and other things which we kind of have some updates for uh, on that as well in a second in terms of the admin console there to manage those so i think i think that was all of that wrap release domains available now for all users and schedule release domains on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility starting december 7. So, all right all right Oh, so like Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, we've got some additional details on the migration of existing multiple location drive files to shortcuts and other improvements for shortcuts. This one's your favorite. So, yes, it is my non-favorite <laughs> favorite, as you could say, as you could tell. So why, why don't Jesse? Why don't you like? shortcuts do you like shortcuts how do you feel about them what do you feel like did you lose some functionality you had before can you live with it i don't know tell me more about i've been relatively happy with shortcuts i almost shortcuts. don't trust them i had to play around with it for a bit because i have in the past done uh, a, a big oops oopsie uh, at one point where i had basically like Brittany's, before britney's in the news right now like oops i did it again britney's right? been she's in the news over. a lot but she's free now <laughs> 
but not for this reason. No, not for this reason. No, uh, no. What I had done was I, um, basically was trying to clean up my drive and I was using a shared folder, this predates shared drives. And I was using a shared folder, uh, to basically house, uh, a whole ton of files for different departments or a bunch of different shared folders in place of shared drives. And then immediately later would have been, a you know, used as shared drives, but instead it was just a shared Google Drive folder. And I was trying to do some cleanup and I moved a whole bunch of files over into a different set of folders, or maybe I was even moving them into the shared drive. I don't remember entirely. And um, I did the change and went on vacation. And lo and behold, I woke up Monday morning on vacation and found out that I had moved 288,000 files and now nobody could access them. And I had not realized I had done so. So I still to this day, and that was years ago, Mm -hmm. but still to this day, have a little, you know, difficulty trusting some of these uh, files and where they are and what they're attached to and and who has access to them and and whatnot. Uh, Even though I know consciously that that's not really a problem. It still uh, gives me pause, but for the most part, shortcuts have been pretty good and have given me some added functionality, being able to, uh, you know, have them in uh, multiple locations, which is, I think, some of what you're going to talk about here. Uh, but you were a lot deeper into the crazy levels of drive folders all over the place, I think, than I was. So this is why you may be a little bit more affected here. Yeah. So. The, the shortcuts for me, like I, I, you know, I'm used to shortcuts from like a Linux perspective, you know, symlinks, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have, you have your pointer points to the actual file. You can put that file somewhere else. Now, the, you know, the thing with, with symlinks and Linux and th- it, you actually, you know, it actually references that file and you can actually view the contents. Like if you look at the, 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 the path where it's at. So a little different here where it just kind of redirects you to the file and the IDs anyways. Um, the reason why I say that is because if you have the drive file stream client and you are trying to synchronize uh, those objects to your device and the way it used to behave was, well, if I wanted to just synchronize this folder and have it all on my machine, I could just say, well, you know, here's my, uh, you know, specific files that I want synchronized on my machine and I have them all the time there. Well, if you have a shortcut in one of those folders, that doesn't really synchronize the whole file because you can't synchronize a shortcut. Right. Not only that, but when you, uh, you know, when you're shared on a subfolder of something, and you, you know, you want to see that short that folder in the root of your My Drive when you click on the little the button there in the top right, and you click the drop down. And let's say you want to click on the on a drop down of a shortcut. Well, you can't. Shortcuts are shortcuts on the side, even on the side panel. So you can't have the tree of that folder on the left hand side panel with shortcuts, which you could have had with like multi parented folders, for example. So, and like I get why it makes things a little bit easier because if you don't have those types of things and you know, when you do like domain to domain transfers, things a little bit easier uh, from that perspective. But I just always thought that uh, moving in this direction completely, and it really comes back down to, I think one of the fundamental challenges that we have a lot of times with Google is that, you know, you're not given the capability to decide, okay, do I want to use this this time or this this time? And can I, you know, mix and match? It's really here's the new feature, here's the new setting, this is it, right? It's not, you can now pick and choose and use this one this way or that one that way. I think, there, I think there's a few things coming out and more things coming out that's getting better, but that is one thing that I see from Google that, you know, they don't say, well, hey, we can't, we created this new great idea of the shortcuts. Uh, you can use that, but also you can use the previous functionality as well. And, you know, that's kind of why they're, extending this migration now a little bit into 2022, I think, because uh, people uh, aren't ready for shortcuts because they're not perfect yet. But I digress. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the uh, the changes here, uh, beginning in 2022, admins will be notified by email several weeks prior to the migration beginning in their domain. 
So some important things to note that before the migration begins, admins will be able to control when to create shortcuts in shared folders with a new admin setting. And uh, there's some details in the blog post about that. So make sure you uh, check that one out. So there are some complexities around this in general, just because of, of, of how things are uh, kind of moving around. There's some, uh, like I said, admin controls there. So uh, here's an article that I definitely would say, read through this one. This one you need to understand there's caveats here and there. Like I think I could probably, if I read this update, it probably would take me 25 minutes. This is a long update <laughs> from an informational perspective. So yeah, definitely dive into this one, folks. It is uh, available, uh, kind of rollout pace on this one for access checker improvements. That's another part of it as well. A little different little subcomponent to this was access checker improvements. Uh, that is coming on an extended rollout pace up to or potentially longer than 15 days for visibility starting on the 4th of January. So going to take us a little while to get there. It is uh, not quite out just yet, but another month, I'd say, or three weeks, and then we might start seeing it. And other things like admins will be getting notified several weeks before that migration uh, is going to begin on their domain. So if you, you know, if you're listening to this and you have a partner, make sure you engage with them. They'll probably be able to help you out with that, as well as you know, Google Direct. If you are still with them, they'll be able to find someone to help you out with this transition. So, um, yeah, just uh, keep an eye out there next year, some point. Uh, you know, we talked about some app access control features and functionality that's getting better. So that is what we're going to talk about here. So the updated user interface for the app access and control is just, uh, it's, gonna, it's coming here to the admin console. So what I was doing the other day was selecting, I think it was up to 50. So you can choose about 50 different applications in there and say select all, and then you can do actions like trust those applications. So before, from what I remember, it used to be a bit of a one-to-one -one process. So of course, even if you have thousands of applications, it's going to be a bit tedious, right? So you're going to have uh, quite a few ways um, or quite a few uh, screens to go through and navigate through if you're doing, like, say, 50 at a time and you have a lot of third-party apps you need to trust. So um, rolling that out, like, the, you know, how would, it, how would you approach rolling out trusted applications in an org, org right? Well, what you first want to do is you would you know, want to start trusting all of your applications and and then setting a rejection on anything that isn't trusted. And then that way, when someone tries to install something new, you kind of come through that new process and uh, you get those applications approved. That's kind of how you would do it there. So you can say, look, I, I know these users have been using these applications. Maybe we don't necessarily always all trust them all. We want to say that we do so that the users can continue on their day. And then you kind of slowly rescind some of those applications. So that's kind of how I see, um, you know, this app access control panel here working with some of your security uh, settings and rollout on, on that. So for uh, so for the rollout pace on this one, rep release and scheduled release domains are going to see this starting the eighth of December, uh, up to fifteen days for feature visibility and. Availability, all workspace customers as well as G Suite Basic and business have access to this one. So there you go. Uh, Jesse, you want to take this next one here? Should be pretty straightforward. Um, workspace marketplace applications being deployable to specific groups. Give you a short one there while I take a little break. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I was just listening out of my, uh, I, I took my headphones off for a second there because I was hearing some weird sounds in my garage and I realized that was my water heater uh, starting to heat up some water. I was like, what is this new sound I'm hearing and is it coming through in my microphone? So hopefully well, nobody's hearing that I don't know if you muted there. yourself, but I did not hear a thing. Okay, so. good. Yeah, I, I did mute myself a little bit at the end there, but it was doing some... Uh, some just the creaking of you know the the system uh, the pipes as it was getting going there so um, seems to be fine there I'm gonna if it's a problem I'll have to sound treat the uh, the enclosure we're gonna build an enclosure around it so maybe I'll put some padding on it but uh, it's important to keep those ventilated so there's only so much you can do but it, it apparently was quiet enough that it wasn't going through anyway 
the update here is that admins are now able to install Google Workspace Marketplace applications to specific groups. So instead of just saying, yes, it's for the whole org, you can send this down to uh, direct to a specific group of people and everybody inside it. So that is going to give you a greater level of granularity for uh, for installing these, um, if I'm understanding yeah. this correctly. And um, essentially, Google goes on to say that it's useful in situations where only a portion of your users need to have the app installed. So, uh, for example, CRM applications that are only for sales and marketing or e-signature applications that are only for legal teams. It just gives you the ability to only give them access, thus lowering your attack surface uh, to the other groups. You don't necessarily need everybody having access to uh, every single tool. So, you know, a nice little Nice little addition there. Uh, rollout pace, rapid and scheduled, is on extended rollout uh, starting December 9th. So a couple of days ago, that already began and is going to be available to Google Workspace Business Starter, Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Essentials, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Fundamentals, Education Plus. I couldn't say it all in one breath. Frontline and nonprofits, <laughs> as well as Chief yeah. Suite Basic and Business <laughs> Customers. Perhaps if I took a deep breath before Gosh. I started that. It is not, however, available yeah. to Google Workspace essentials customers <laughs> oh. next all right oh my god all we're right, an next. hour here Should be, i know <laughs> that's who all right this is this is the next one google you gotta spread them out on set <laughs> user language programmatically with the directory api oh, right okay um so yeah this is we'll go over quick this one quick um you can now configure a user's language through the api it's not just the domain level uh jump in and make changes to the user versus org level. And it is starting December 9th, rapid release, schedule release, uh, domains for full full rollout. And then for other availability that, um, uh, or for availability, sorry, uh, that workspace customers as well as G Suite Basic and business customers will get that as well. So really it's gonna go to everyone on that one. So easy. Easy, lemon squeezy, as they say. <laughs> All right, making uh, IMAP decoupled from Pop was great, and it allowed you to, you know, maybe say no to Pop, but yes to IMAP, knowing that you eventually want to get away from IMAP. So um, there are some more ways to manage Gmail IMAP controls in the admin console, which is great to see because. Uh, it was a little tricky before. I love how they always use like certain small icons in some of their blog posts. You can't zoom in on them mm -hmm. if you take the photos. Uh, but the the IMAP enabling was only available at the OU level, but now it'll be available at the uh, group level. So nice little enhancement there to get more granularity of how we're applying some of these rules for an org. And have a look at that and the rollout pace. I mean, rollout pace, pretty straightforward, extended rollout, potentially longer than 15 days, starting on December 9th, a couple of days ago. And then pretty much available to everyone other than nonprofit for Google Workspace, uh, or not, sorry, not available to Google Workspace essential customers. Yeah, it is available to nonprofits. Uh, so not available to Google Workspace essentials customers there we go said that correctly finally just to make sure we got it right and then finally we have some quicker access to more workspace integrations in chat something that i mean it seems nice but again i would love to be able to customize uh things here and um you know, you just kind of, you kind of can't. So, you know, I might have a video meeting with a person all the time, right? I just use video meetings all the time on my one-to-ones. Right now, the icon there on the right next to the, uh, the send icon is the photo icon. Uh, so I would love to be able to like just pick and choose which icon or which icons were available in there. And then I want to access the rest of them, click the plus key and, and do that now. Does this remind you of any other kind of chat application or service, Jesse, 
that might be around? I don't know. <laughs> uh, certainly does. And it looks like this is generally yeah. an interface that a lot of people are using. So, you know, it's, it's not likely to be the last time we're yeah. going to see this pop up. It's, it, honestly, it's the smart way to do it. Um, it's just a question of what you're going to put in that area. Right. So, yeah. I think you said you were not seeing that at all on yours. Uh, No, on the contrary. Um, I actually saw it early, but I only saw it in two parts. I saw first just the uh, option to have the pop-up include... Uh, the drive add a drive file and add a calendar invite, and then a couple of days later, uh, it updated, and I then had the full window, which was also including create Google Docs, Google Sheets, and Google Slides. Very cool. All right, we got that one covered then. Yep. Uh, lost a mouse. Lost <laughs> a mouse. Uh, that's Hold it for on. our updates. It is. Dive into our other updates. So, last one that we had there for other releases, or the only one that we had there for other releases, is the Drive for Desktop update that Steve found is a bug fix release. I don't have this one yet, which is a little bit surprising because generally by the time we talk about these, I usually have them on my um, my M1 Pro MacBook Pro, whatever. Um, yeah. It is uh, in, it, it, the things that rolled out with it were improved in-app notifications to better communicate OS requirement changes and support users in error states. Also added a notification for Windows users if the security update, the specific one that they talk about here, is not installed. And the link is included in there. Uh, they also added the ability for a user to select a different browser than the computer default when authenticating or opening learn more links, which is nice. How many times have I clicked on a um, uh, clicked on something to authenticate and had it open in the wrong browser and then had to go into the other browser so that it would open in the most recently used browser in order to log in correctly. That has happened many, many a time. So hopefully that'll fix that. We'll have to play around with that. Additional bug fixes and performance improvements. And the important thing is to note that Drive for Desktop has ended support for macOS 10.11 and 10.12. So if you are still on those much older versions, that would be anything below 10.13 uh, High Sierra. So anything 10.13 High Sierra or newer is going to be fine, Um, but uh, you are going to lose support if you're using anything less than that. So if you want to continue using Drive for Desktop, you need to update your OS. Uh, And then also we have there the Windows users must install the security update in order to remain supported and continue receiving updates as well. Anything I miss? Oh, that was a Yeah. I almost... uh felt like I needed a drink after you saying all that. That was good. <laughs> well, uh, we're over an hour here, and uh, that's all for this week. Yeah. So send us your questions and comments on Twitter at Workspace Recap and on our website, WorkspaceRecap.com. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform or all of them if you would like, uh, if you really like us. Also, I didn't mention this at the top of the episode because we have way too much to talk about there, but if you haven't yet, please sign up for our newsletter. Just go to TabGeeks.com. T-A-B-G-E-E-K-S dot com and uh, the newsletter sign up is on the bottom there uh, or even workspacerecap.com and uh, it's on the bottom there as well and there may even be a tab for it I don't remember off the top of my head and also if you haven't joined our Slack community we are all about the community and uh, love talking to everybody uh, and learning where they're from and what they're doing and answering questions in real time as opposed to uh, so to speak on the air here so you can go to tabgeeks.com forward slash Slack we hope everyone is well and uh, families and and friends are not affected too much by the uh, massive tornado and hurricane that went through. There were a couple of community members that we had that were affected by that. So um, that was a big part of our discussion today in the community is what that was like and and how how they're being supported. So our thoughts and prayers are with everybody out there uh, that's dealing with that now. And hopefully the rest of the winter will stay relatively calm and not have freak weather things, except in Southern California, I'm about to get the storm of the season. So we're battering down the hatches here as well. Hopefully nothing as bad as what hit the uh, Midwest. Anyway, have a great week. Hopefully everything will be well, and we will see you next time on Workspace Recap.